Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 58 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. Thick-necked, wise-cracking future soldiers shooting the crap out of robots with big guns. In the minds of gamers, Sega Yakuza Studios binary domain is what all video games are like, according to non-gamers. Joining me this issue, we have Darren Foreman. Zatalaz, bonjour everybody. And Sean O'Brien. Ni hao. Ni hao. And my name is Leon Cox. Increasingly, I forget to tell you that. I also have problems with the word binary for some reason. Sometimes it comes out as binary. I don't know why. So, uh, the main man behind this game is uh, the main man at uh, Yakuza Studio, or Ryuga Gotoku Studio. Not sure about my pronunciation of the correct name for Yakuza games. Let's stick with Yakuza. Uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi. So, I've long been aware of his work as an aged video games fan. Um, looking at his CV, I've, I've, I'm a fan of a number of his works. Virtual Racing, Super Monkey Balls, the early ones that is, one and two anyway. Uh, F-Zero GX, which of course Sega did, or Amusement Vision did for Nintendo. The, Q- the Yakuza series I'm not personally familiar with, but we have a lot of fans on the team. And uh, he also had a chief producer credit on Vanquish, which, which this game is sort of... Uh, it's not dissimilar to in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, however, because he's a kind of quite a big deal at Sega, he also has his name uh, on another a number of other titles which perhaps he w- wouldn't be so proud of. He probably has less to do with those, but such uh, shining lights as Sonic Heroes, Sonic Riders, uh, the more recent Monkey Ball games, and the awful Knight's Journey of Dreams sequel. Uh, you guys sort of fans of Nagoshi's work? I remember his Edge column being particularly entertaining many years ago. I've got to admit, I'm definitely a fan of the games that he put in the plus column there, and I definitely do not like the ones in the minus column. <laughs> so I think you're spot on there, you know. It, it seems to be fairly clear-cut on uh, what his good stuff is against his po- possibly barely-touched yeah. uh, hands-off kind of work. It's probably a bit unfair to sort of blame him for the likes of Sonic Heroes and Sonic Riders, because I think he has a very sort of executive role on those, but they're on his CV, so, you know. His mark of shame will not, it just won't wash off. You played any of his uh, softography back catalogue, Sean? A little bit of the F-Zero uh, GS on GameCube, or GX, yeah. and um, just uh, Yakuza 3 and 4, but uh, well, and Vanquish, but otherwise, I hate to say I'm not familiar with uh, Super Monkey Ball or Virtual Racing. Okay. Um, yeah, and obviously we're looking forward to, over here, um, the Yakuza HD 1 and 2 pack, which uh, should be coming out hopefully in the new year, which will give us non-Yakuza people the chance to sort of start afresh with the story. Um, and there, there is some talk amongst the team about getting a Yakuza podcast or podcast done, uh, but it's quite, it'd be quite a task and quite a saga, so uh, watch this space for that. 
this game came out uh, almost a year ago now, 11, no, 10, 10 months ago. Um, obviously, neither none of us will have a sort of particularly strong history with the game, but just uh, to get a sense, when when did you play it, what format on, uh, did you play it on or formats, and how much did you play it? Did you go beyond just the standard completion? Let's start with Darren. That's for me. Basically, I'd heard it was coming out, but it hadn't been marketed or even uh, demoed particularly well up to that point. So it just so happened to land through my little box from a rental company. Huh. Um, gave it a few days, then played it through, and was hugely surprised by how enjoyable it was. And this was the... you played 360 first? 360 version, then um, I played through that maybe four times, and then I seen the PC version on sale. So I bought that. Yeah, uh, so uh, I saw your uh, Xbox 360 gamer score as I was playing some more, for, uh, hoovering up some achievements today. And uh, you've got most of the achievements on the 360 version. So you've played it through. Have you played it through on the the unlockable hardest setting? Yeah, that would be no mercy. No mercy. Yeah, I, I've been yeah. playing it back through on Survivor, and towards the latter stages, the bosses are now getting quite challenging. The thing is, I mean, the thing about difficulty in this game is that they become. M- much more tenacious, they can take a lot more damage. Mm. And you have to sort of juggle your squad more and stuff like that in terms of, or, or coddle them more, but we'll come on to that. Um, and yes, yeah, so you you played the PC version, which, of course, if you have a an adequate rig, will will run in a deliciously smooth 60 frames, which can only be a boon for a, a game of this type. It totally is. I mean, it doesn't completely change up the gameplay. It doesn't make the older version obsolete, but... Uh... Of course not. Obviously, it's nice and shiny. It is the version to go for if you have the chance. and Often cheap on Steam sales. Exactly. Well, so. PC games are always dirt cheap the minute uh, Steam gets around to a sale. Or mm. even, I mean, I bought it from Amazon. Sean, what about you? What version did you play and how much did you play it? I played the PS3 version. And um, I played it pretty much when it came out. I, um, they announced it, you know, back, I think, in April of last year, 2011. Mm. And... Uh, it was like they ticked all the boxes for me. They were like, it's a new game from the Yakuza guys, and it's a, uh, a cyberpunk um, shooter, and it's a, uh, you know, basically a mix of Blade Runner and, um, what's his name, Kojima, uh, Kojima Snatcher. Hmm. So it's like everything was like, I was, I was all in. So, yeah, I played the uh, PS3 version when it came out, and um, I played the single player all the way through, and then the multiplayer for about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you got 10 minutes of multiplayer because that has been fucking dead since launch. Oh, yeah. I tried it uh, last night and today, this morning, and there's no one. Yeah. Zero uh, people. Absolutely. And there's sadly, there's no online uh, campaign co-op, is there? So there's mm-hmm. only there's this kind of um, equivalent to, uh, you know, that mode that they all the have. Horde. The Horde, Horde mode. Yeah. And there's a, is there a combative multiplayer? There isn't that much, yeah. yeah. But no one's playing it. Nope. Well, there were a couple Japanese people one night okay. I was playing it, but that was about it. It might it might play perfectly well. I mean, if Mass Effect does, then... I would probably... love to actually see it online, but I mean, n- none of us can give impressions because there's no one playing it. Uh, my history, I got the game, ended up getting the game for my birthday. My birthday was in June. I uh, received the game shortly after and played it through earlier this month. Um, and then uh, just completed it on normal difficulty and then came back to it on uh, the last few days playing it on the harder difficulty for and yeah finding there's various uh, collectibles which uh, in a Gears of War style are consistent over multiple playthroughs so have you actually you... read those that's one thing I haven't done 
I was going to ask you because uh, there there is some sort of background stuff. There is some data to collect. Um, it's not done in the style of audio log, so it's not like Dead Space or something where you can have it being read out to you while you're playing. If you want to look at this stuff, you have to go in and look at yeah. it. And f frankly, for me, the kind of the plot, the story, the scenario side of things wasn't compelling enough for me to sit there and read a load of extra text about it. It may be that it's the best written stuff ever, but my... my I've got no doubt that it is. <laughs> uh, I did have a quick look. There's a there's a sort of um, a data database, basically a best a bestiary um, and a, a weapons list and all that stuff. And as you touch things in the game, they they light up in this thing. But there's no kind of there's no compulsion or suggestion to go and look at any of this stuff. It's just kind of there. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it could easily fill in the background story because there is it has a very established setting. You know, like during the first part where it's telling you about how the, the oceans have risen and mm. like uh, basically around a bunch of countries and they're scrabbling for landmass. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could be fleshed out fairly well through the through the background stuff. Mm. But um, as just like you, I mean, the stuff that interested me was the more personal stories between the characters. Like the overall world stuff didn't quite grab me as much. The, the sort of headline sales figure for this game, uh, you know, we're not much interested in the commercial success of games on uh, Kane and Rince, but it's more to do with the context and also it does relate to things like the fact that no one's playing a multiplayer. So we will talk about it a little bit. The headline figure was that 20,000 units sold in North America in the first month. Oh. It was a bit of a disaster. Uh, <laughs> Darren just looked up before we started recording that according to VG charts, which may or may not be a reliable figure, that not including the PC version, it has scrabbled to 300,000 units sold. I would imagine that with the PC version regularly going on sale on Steam, I think it sits normally at £15, I guess about $20. The fact that it regularly drops to probably £4 or something means that maybe in total, we're, you know, maybe Binary Domain is heading for half a million units. You know, we've had quite a lot of feedback and response to this game, and there's a lot of people saying how awesome they think it is. At so the same people... time, though, a lot of people that listen to our podcast tend yeah. to be a lot more clued up than just the mm -hmm. average player that goes into the store and sees, like, Gears of War next to Binary Domain. They're all, yeah. They've heard of Gears of War, they've not heard of Binary Domain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, for me, one thing that may have harmed it is the box art, I think, is appalling. Hey, he's got, he's, he is carrying Charlie in the shoulders. <laughs> It looks like a, a piece of box art from the early days of, of computer gaming, you know, back in the 80s. It really does. Yeah, yeah. it's and not just me then. It's shit, isn't it? The name is honestly pretty bad, too. It doesn't give you any sense of excitement. Binary domain, you know, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I think that the name itself is okay, but it's lacking context. Shoot the shit out of robots, colon, <laughs> binary domain. Something like that. Angry shooty men. Yeah. You assholes like guns by this game, idiots. <laughs> You know that Gears thing, yeah. It's going to be hard not to mention Gears um, sure, and yeah. Vanquish. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are there are similarities. Anyway, we're not here to sort of say which one is definitively better. We may have our favourites, but there's no such thing as, as an objective, I suppose. Um, this is your spoiler warning, because this is a story with a few little twists and reveals and things that you may not want spoiled. It's not a particularly long game. Uh, maybe 10 hours? Yeah, 9 or 10. Roughly, yeah. Uh, repeated playthroughs get quicker, especially if you stick it onto Cakewalk, but uh, um, I've noticed that playing back through on the harder settings, I'm still beating the times I set on my first playthrough on the easier difficulty, just because you know you know what's coming, you learn tactics and sure. things like that. So, 
as you mentioned, Darren, this is a sort of uh, a, a dystopian future. Twenty is set in the twenty eighties. Uh, global warming's got out of hand. Cities are flooded. Uh, humans are on the brink. Robots might be taken over. Uh, it's got the the literal. Uh, split class society where you have the uh, the poor people living down below in the slums and the and the and the middle and upper classes living in the sky uh, or higher up above the flood water anyway and you have this very uh, Isaac Asimov Philip K Dick ghost in the shell and i'm told gundam seed style plot of um rogue ai these hollow children robots who don't know they're robots who look just like humans it's a slightly unbelievable um idea that there are all there supposedly an increasing number of these uh, cyborgs or androids I'm not sure what the technical correct term is um, who are existing within society but have no idea you know they've never been for a, a smear test apparently or <laughs> broken, you know, arm or anything. broken arm or anything <laughs> like that they, they managed to get to middle age without being in any way aware <laughs> that they are made of metal also as is hinted at one point in the story they weigh a lot more than a normal human so that might have rung a few bells when uh, you know kid in school got on the scales and uh, <laughs> bust the also do they grow I don't know anyway it's a, it's a slightly there are a few holes in this scenario let's be honest um, the idea being, anyway, that uh, the new Geneva Convention ha features a Clause 21 that says that hollow children, uh, i.e. robots that ape humans, are indistinguishable, are illegal and must be shut down. And employed to do this are the Rust Crews, um, who are sort of paramilitary, pseudo-military, quasi-military organization, um, who are sent off around the world to shoot robots. It's very reminiscent of something like... Um... Uh, I don't know if either of you guys played Snatcher. Uh, no, sadly not. I totally have, yeah. Played it on the Mega CD. Reminded me a lot of that, you know? The, the, I, I like the idea of uh, the paranoia of not knowing who's real and who's not. Initial impressions. Uh, my first impressions were not very good, I have to say. the. That's not uncommon. No. The, the opening area it's it's a really there's a sort of bitty tutorial given to you by this character who you may or may not like i didn't like him at all Aww. and i didn't i'm not a huge fan but he... wait are we talking about big bow uh we're talking about of we're course. talking about big bow. Oh, i love big bow i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> it's either big bow or phillips and i sure, it's, big yeah. bow, it's the more memorable card right yeah um it's it's all very gray um you're you're in this uh, sort of storm. Not bad rain effects though. The rain effects are okay, but they're I, like I didn't feel as sort of pl pleasantly enjoyable, immersively wet as I did at the start of Metal Gear Solid Two. Um, the palette's kind of very muted throughout the whole game. Um, just some weird decisions in the first level, like giving you a never-to-be-repeated stealth swimming section, yeah. like right really early on, <laughs> like before you've. Um, and like to teach you how to shoot, how does he do it? Shoot a sign. Shoot a sign. <laughs> it's so rubbish. It's like, so, oh, this is so cool. I'm shooting a road sign. Just put, just give me a robot. Come on, I can kill one robot. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Big Boat isn't going to be carrying around like robot heads on him that he could throw into signs, you know? They could have done something similar to Vanquish, though, where they put you in that room and a little like test trial kind of thing. This is a tutorial. I thought that was kind of crap as well, though, you know? Yeah. And you can skip you can skip certain bits on on repeated playthroughs, but like even if uh, even if you turn off the voice commands, like it, it did, we'll talk about those oh, as well. Yeah. You go into the menu and say voice uh, control deactivated, and you have no microphone attached to your console whatsoever. It still says no mic. 
no mic still says you've got no mic it still says you know you can plug in a mic and do voice i don't want to <laughs> leave me alone it's absolutely bizarre because i mean even looking back in the game i can barely remember that it has voice commands yeah we'll we'll come on to that as well that's a kind of separate topic but um it plays more into the the trust mechanic but uh yeah so i was you know another problem with the early stages of the game is that uh, a big part of this game, even more so than it was in Vanquish, perhaps, is building up your your arsenal and upgrading your weapons. Not not only your own, but also those of your squad mates. And when you're first shooting these robots, your 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 aim is shit. Your weapon is weak. Um, so you don't. Although the progression is important to the in, the ultimate enjoyability of the title, your initial experiences of shooting robots are not as fun as they become in just a couple of chapters' time. Yeah, I mean, it does start off as just this really undersized pea shooter. I mean, I do think it is one of the best rifles and rifle effects that I've seen in a game um, once it's powered up. But, like, at the start, it's just your aim. The minute you start firing, you've got this right heel that just blooms out mm. so that it's incredibly inaccurate. Um, it's just, it does form a really nice kind of contrast between the start of the game and the end, where you're basically a bearer of death. But I think they could have at least have made you lose a rifle or something and picked up a shit rifle and then upgraded that. So that the first kind of introduction to the game would have been all out action, then you would have got the possibly the Metroid style, you lose some of your equipment, mm. and then you can build it up so you'll have an idea of what is good against robots, what works, what you like. Yeah, so it's like very early on, uh, Bo, uh, Boateng, what's his name? Roy? Roy Boateng. Roy Boateng, uh, Boateng. He um, he tells you that uh, what a good idea to do is to sh shoot robots' heads off. Now, in this game, conveniently, this is a total uh, concession to the gameplay, is that every time you shoot a robot's head off, it automatically starts attacking its teammates. It doesn't go crazy and start firing wildly. It actually becomes an ally. Now, this is a really fun mechanic, and there, there are stretches later on where you'll be very deliberately with your now massively powered up and accurate rifle, popping the heads off of all the robots around you to keep keep the hordes of enemies uh, busy. But at first, he's saying, yeah, just shoot their heads off, it's fine. And you're going, what with this fucking gun? I can't hit a barn door, let alone a tiny robot pinhead from 40 yards away. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And also, uh, like with a lot of these games, you have up to four weapons on the D-pad. Um, down is for grenades. There are lots of different grenade types. Some of them are fun, some of them less so. Uh, top, you've got your infinite ammo pistol. Left, you've got your sort of custom rifle, which is the one that you keep throughout the game and build up and has a, a cool secondary fire. Uh, but the one on the right is reserved for the weapons you pick up along the way. But at first, um, the ones that you can pick up your uh, scavenge are better than your own rifle, so you end up <laughs> using those more at the first while you're powering up your your main rifle at the shops, uh, of which there are many along the way. I found it all a bit discombobulating at first, this game. And, and yeah, just this weird, weird things like, right, now I'm going to teach you how to use your grappling gun. Oh, cool, okay, yeah. we have a grappling gun. Uh, I forgot about it entirely, yeah. so you just mentioned it. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I need to be looking out for these lock-on points uh, sometimes to go higher on the level, right? Okay, no, that's it, once. They clearly were planning on having more bits like that and then just completely decided not to put those bits in. It's weird. I've got to admit, I do like that approach to game design, though. I mean, you're saying that it's kind of strange because you're expecting to be doing it again. But if it was fuller sections where you had to use the grappling hook or fuller sections where you were using a jet ski or fuller sections where you're sliding down a, a slope, it would 
do my not oh absolutely yeah i mean but but you know like the the sort of the the novelty sections as i call them the mini game bits are very wildly in quality and they're obviously there you know as they always are in these action games to break up the flow so yes as you say there's a there's a jet ski section which is not particularly exciting um but there's a there's a bit later on there's a boss fight where you're in you're in a van which is absolutely is probably the most spectacular bit of the game where you're being chased by this gigantic motorbike robot such a lovely neon city in the background yeah and that's i think that's probably the best looking bit as well i mean i started this talking about the graphics and i think overall the graphics i wouldn't describe them generally as much more than functional with a few exceptions i think it's quite a dull looking game i think it's fine but it is very sterile you know which is possibly uh I wouldn't say a good thing, but it's understandable to a degree. There's just not a lot going on, and even when they go to these places that are the, you know, supposed to be the sort of more soulful human places, the slums, with the even those just aren't particularly attractively well designed. It, it's all a bit blocky and kind of there just doesn't appear to be a lot going on. Yeah, the, the environments aren't aren't that interesting, but I thought the um the characters themselves look pretty good, like especially the dialogue sequences, cutscenes, and all that stuff. That looked pretty good. The facial animations, all yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Um, the, right. yeah. I quite like the design of the, the suits as well, you know. I mean, it's kind of minimalistic, but it suits the, the general vibe of the atmosphere. Yeah, and I think the robot designs are quite cool. It's It you know it takes the traditional video game form, particularly something that Japanese games used to do way back of um, color-coding the enemies very much. So, you know, very quickly, and, and they stand out from the environment, you know, exactly what each tent what each enemy color and shape represents as soon as you see it and uh you build up a, a sort of relationship with those enemies in in terms of you know dancing around them and how best to whether it be to take their limbs off or take their head off or, or whatever aim for their weak point um sorry we're drifting wildly from my plan here but never mind that's okay um every time i get involved that happens <laughs> <laughs> I, bl- I blame you um no it's fine also, another thing, another aspect that I didn't find inspirational. Uh, again, I'm coming to this game like six months after it's come out, and I've had people like yourself, Darren, various other people in the Kane and Rince team, and just basically people who are right. People, <laughs> people who are completely, yeah, inarguably correct about all things, <laughs> telling me that this game is fucking awesome. And after about a level, I'm thinking, is it really? It's a bit meh. It's a bit. It's a bit kind of. By the numbers, dull, you know, wisecracking, thick-necked. But that's the thing. I mean, we've we've provided yourself as you You're questioning yourself, you know, your beliefs. Um, but another thing that played into the into my um, my questioning was the fact that one thing that will generally grab me in a in a game that I'm not otherwise loving is a fantastic soundtrack. And I don't think this has that either. I think it's kind of functional. Got to say, I love the soundtrack outside the me- the main menu theme. The main menu theme is painful to my ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like the music when you're actually finding it, it's got this kind of really, it's got a good beat to it, you know? It's not outstanding that you could listen to it on its own, Yeah. And in the, in the confines of the game. It, I think it does its job really well. Remind me a little of Piano 3. Um, Which I really liked as well. Yeah, that's a cool game. And, and this game has a sort of similar feel and rhythm to that game. And, and aesthetic in some ways. Yeah, it's definitely got the kind of sleek lines in a lot of the mm. more modern places. Um, doesn't have Vanessa Schneider's backside, which is a down point. But... <laughs> you and your virtual and, uh, backsides and boobs. And unfortunately, your main character doesn't dance while he's shooting robots. Uh, no, but the decoy grenades do throw out a sort of dancing juggling man, don't they? Yeah, he's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, but again, just another thing where I'm thinking, what is it about this? At this point, you know, like a couple of levels in, when I haven't upgraded, I haven't built any... Uh, I'm, You know, I found... 
Bo really fucking annoying. I found Marshall a fucking cretin. And I'm thinking, why am I going to like this game? Uh, at this point, it's... Uh, uh, and having spoken to other people, like you said, Darren, uh, that early poor impression is is not is not unique to me. And perhaps, perhaps uh, you know, people maybe... Was there a demo of this game that would it... Nearly every game that I've enjoyed this year has had a shite demo associated with it. Yeah, generally, but... If if the demo makes that same impression, then it could have damaged sales. It could be one of those demos. It could very well have done that because I mean, it's there's two sections to the demo um, of Bound on Domain. Um, I've forgotten which which one. Um, the two areas. One of them is the the train station. Okay. And if if you get thrown in there out of context, mm. and it's it's a fellow shot sequence, yeah. you know. And as soon as you're done, you're thrown back to the menu screen. So yes, and again, you know, I don't, I don't mean any sort of real offence to composer Mitsuharu Fukuyama, but the, again, rather like the graphics, the the music was just, it's just kind of there for me, and it, it's not offending me, but it's not doing anything to make me go, this game's so fucking cool. So, uh, really, it has to come down to, you know, would I have stuck with it had I not, a, had it a not been a birthday present, b. I've not, you know, I've had months of of people I I trust and respect telling me how good this game is, and see, I wanted to play it or had to play it for for the podcast, um, and I, you know, maybe a lot of people, maybe a lot of people didn't. But that said, we do have uh, anecdotal evidence of people renting it and then immediately, you know, maybe just sticking with it long enough to go, oh, okay, I get it, and uh, and and sticking with it. So, on that note, um, the thing that I do like about this game is the the, 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 the your, your actual gameplay the gameplay and the mechanics the cover based shooting Nagoshi said in an interview with VG247 before the game came out he said we've noticed that even the most successful shooter franchises have some of the technical details not quite right you can't tell where the bullets are coming from and where they're going to so we studied about how to make it clear without interfering with the shooting experience we studied how many frames a bullet should take to travel and how the bullets fly to make it natural I don't know if they managed that, but they did manage to put together a combat system that just kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is it about the feel of the combat that's so enjoyable? It really is the enemies. I mean, the gun sounds are fantastic yeah. as well, but it's just when you start laying in a robot at close range or even far uh, distance, just the, the visual and audio effect that you get back and armor getting shredded all over the place, it's just, it's a great visual feel, mm. you know? It does feel to me very much like Vanquish, but slightly refined. That 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 feel was definitely there in Vanquish for me. The 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 you know the clang 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 as you fire a machine gun into yeah, bits of robots. But the for me it wasn't because I spent so much time in Vanquish and basically bullet time, which right. really okay. it mutes the gunfire. You know, mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, there's a there's a comment in that VG twenty four seven article that this game possibly in development did have a some kind of uh, rocket slide mechanic like Vanquish but obviously in the end you, you have these characters which are, are, are more just normal humans they, there's a run you know holding down the A button gears style uh, but there's no kind of there's no there's no slow-mo bullet time in this game whatsoever is there um, mm. save may no. well save maybe a, there's like two quick time events I suppose you could call them where oh. time slows down for you to press the B button or the circle button on the PS3 yeah. Um, they're few and far between, mercifully. It definitely doesn't factor into standard gameplay. I mean, for a moment, I was thinking that the sniper rifles had a second, uh, second to slow down, but I don't think they no, do. No, I don't think they do. do uh, they don't have like a variable zoom either, do they? It's just 
super no, super no. zoom. Just go straight on. Sadly, very limited in ammo as well. Um, yeah. How did you feel about the feel? It's all about the feel, I think. This game. <laughs> it really is because I mean, like, if you even just watching it, someone else played. It's tough to actually see why it's so good without getting your hands on it. Mm. And I mean, I'll tell you something. Something else that factors into the gameplay, even though it's unrelated, is just you feel good when you do something crazy. You know, you've just jumped into the gr- middle of a group of enemies, done something mental, like bl- blown up three of them with a grenade and then knocked someone's head off with a shotgun and he's killed his pal. And then your pals are like, woohoo! Yeah. You fucking rock! That was sweet. It definitely feels pretty tight. Like there, I'm saying, if you if you just look at it, it looks like Gears or any kind of third-person shooter. But I think the um, the aiming and definitely the sound effects on the guns makes it feel real punchy and and like you get you get a real good shredding feel to when you're taking apart uh, the different enemies. But yeah, I thought it felt great. Do you think like this? I don't want. I really don't want to make this like a you know try and rank these all these third person cover based shooters because there's there's very little point in doing that but i do wonder if you know this, like this game has uh clearly an inspiration from dead space in that it does have strategic dismemberment mm-hmm. um you can shoot limbs and arms off and heads off to do which basically yeah the tumble tail and the yeah and absolutely so if you shoot the legs off you slow the robots right down and they can't shoot you anymore but what they can do and this is a brilliant gameplay touch is they can crawl round and to where you are in cover and grab onto you and, and yeah. hurt you quite badly and quite quickly yeah well the part i grenade once they get a hold of you and also but i do wonder if for some people although we're saying you know how sort of satisfying that sort of clang 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 you know bullet into metal into metal thing is i wonder if some people actually get a better buzz from the squelchiness of popping the locust in the head in gears or or taking bits off the necromorphs in dead space i'm sure some people would but i mean like another thing that bender domain's got to its advantage is that hundreds of games have that squelchiness Mm. you know there's not a lot of games where you're fighting uh, robotic enemies and like panels of armor are shooting across the place. This and Vanquish, you know, really. Sparks, sparks are flying, you know. Yeah. Uh, so other sort of facets to the gameplay, um, there is the uh, the upgrades that we've talked about. So you meet with uh, various people throughout the game. We will talk about the characters later. Um, there's, I think, seven people that you actually sort of juggle as your comrades throughout the game. At various points, you're either forced with certain people or you're or you're asked to choose who you want to go with um you can you earn money every time you kill something but you can earn more money by killing things in more it's not quite like bullet storm is it but it's more like the more bits you shoot the more money you get basically yeah basically every action that you perform on that enemy has a reward associated with it yeah and bosses as you'd expect give you a, a big payout now uh, you start as I say. You you play as Marshall Dan Marshall throughout the entire game. He has this rifle which starts off at level one everything, um, and can go up to sort of level nine I think for everything, um, and that gets increasingly expensive. You can spend. It's not quite that high, but it's. And that can yeah. Happen. I think it, I think it's seven for most of it, and maybe one of the yeah attributes can go up to eight. Okay, that costs you know exponentially more money as you go up the levels, but also you'll be wanting to because your comrades very much will help you out in situations uh you'll be wanting to upgrade them too so you've got this whole sort of it's almost resource management it's not really you just put your own stuff up as much as you can and then whatever you've got left goes into them well that's how i've been playing it the last couple of days but on my first playthrough i was i was working on making my comrades the ones who i chose to 
be with most of the time. Um, although this changes throughout the game, uh, and as you say, as I say, you don't always have the choice. But generally, I was upgrading um, first Roy, but then Faye and later Kane, um, and playing now through the later chapters. On, on the harder setting, I've overpowered myself and underpowered everyone else. So they are basically completely fucking useless. And it's making battles last far longer than they would do if I'd been more generous with my credits. That's strange, because I mean, I, I've played it both ways, you know. I've like leveled up my own Dan Marshall mm. avatar. I've also leveled up my teammates, and I never noticed much of a tangible benefit to getting your teammates up to a decent level. No, like, I really um, have. Maybe it's because I'm a crazy bastard the way I play. You know, I'm kind of suicidal. This is a game where uh, you can die pretty fast if you're out of cover. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm standing in the open, you know. It's sure. just like I'll charge across a small space, uh, do the damage I can, and then try and net back on. How did you play it, Sean? I, I didn't level them up really at all because I noticed any kind of firefight I was in, I was the one killing everything in the room. And they do a pre- they do like you for doing that. So yeah. if you are trying to build up your trust, exactly, that, yeah. that yeah. can help as well. The difference between the... The weapons you're using also, it impacts the trust meter quite a lot, yeah. which I didn't notice the first few times out. Mm. Like, there's a SPAS-12 shotgun in the game. You know, like the standard military style you get in a lot of games? Mm. Yeah. There's also a futuristic one, which is crap, but if you use the SPAS-12, nearly any time that you shoot a robot at close quarters, you'll immediately get praised for it. Yeah. Because you've done so much damage just through that one shot. Yeah, okay. So you you sort of, uh, you, you're min-maxing there, gaming the system a bit. Um the thing I noticed most was that the the guys we, we will talk more fully about the trust mechanic is that they would respond to the speed and quantity uh, with which you take take out robots. So sometimes it would pay to be more gung ho um, and issue the command for them to cover you rather than uh, go for it themselves and then get the praise up that way. Um, and the praise obviously later pays into. Um, the the trust which pays into them being better themselves or or at least doing what they're told, um, but they're also fucking idiots half the time and run yeah. across your line of sight, which is the thing is the only pro- it's not really their fault. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were trained at the academy <laughs> where the hostages and virtual cop were trained. You know, so they'll dive into the line of fire and go, "Don't shoot me," <laughs> yeah. and then you'll shoot them because you're already firing when you're doing it. And then they'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it, ma- it makes for a real jarring situation when you shoot them and they're like, hey, cut that out. And then a second later, you've knocked out three guys and they're like, oh, that was awesome. Keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty uh, it's pretty annoying when, when if you are trying to build up with trust with somebody because there are trophies and achievements attached, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to, to max also, out the meters. It, it also goes into the end of the right, game. Yeah. You know, the end is different if you get the trust up. Yeah, I know certainly with uh, Bo. Yeah, there's, then then it's vastly different depending on how your trust meter uh, shakes out. Is it is it just who lives and who dies, or is the actual story change? It's not the actual story. It is it is basically how fatal it is for your uh, teammates. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. I managed on my first playthrough on normal. I I think I maxed out trust with a couple of people. Um. It's easier to do on normal than it is on the harder settings. Uh. And. One of the major characters died for me, I think, uh, Rachel. Yeah, mm-hmm. the thing is, it doesn't even have to be that Carter that has low trust, you know. Um, everyone needs to be on level 4 trust to get the best ending. Uh, maybe Bo did die for me, actually. I can't remember. I was, Yeah, he did die, I think. Uh, that's right, yes. Yeah, he asked he for a cigarette. And... That's right, and I was happy. <laughs> uh, traitorous, annoying 
moronic bastard. Um, That's because you weren't worthy of his trust, man. <laughs> Don't put this on him. Oh yeah, so no, we are. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll carry on talking about the the, the whole trust thing. Um, so also another f- facet of that is the uh, we'll talk about the voice in a second. But the the holding down the left bumper or L one and issuing commands. Now the the more trust you have, uh, the more they'll agree to do it. So generally it's uh, cover me, charge ahead, fire, or regroup it works fairly well for the most part it does i mean the thing is it also does kind of feed back into how they view you yes because i remember on one particular incident with shindo um i says okay shindo charge so being the dutiful soldier he was he actually did charge mm. got cut down on gunfire mm. and uh after i'd finished and like got him back on his feet he was like what the fuck was that you know like uh, are you trying to get me killed i'm like sorry and he's like i don't want your apologies i want you to man up <laughs> and like as soon as he did that i was like I actually feel kind of bad about myself now, you know. Mm. Did you did you use this a lot, Sean, or is it something that might as well have not been in there? That uh, I didn't really use it too much. I, well, when I did, it was just fire or charge. Like the other two didn't seem to make much of a difference, really. But yeah, um, and the other uh, the other aspect to you and your comrades is this uh, nanotech uh, loadout thing, which I, I I had a lot of fun with this. I know it's kind of when you really look at it, it's kind of simple, but it's uh, it's also enjoyable. It just allows you to um, customize your squad to a point where if you want to create a tank character, you can do that by giving them the right nano chips. So each character has a has six slots, and throughout the game, you will both find and purchase uh, these little blobs from one to three uh, slots. Uh, and you can load load them up to your uh, character's nano brain or whatever. Yeah, it's it's got, it's one of those things where there's a, it's a bit of menu faffing to do, but it feels quite like okay, yeah, I'm I'm going to be it's a bit RPG like, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a bit like yeah. mater- it's yeah. a bit like Final Fantasy VII Materia. Yeah. yeah, like the design of the the user interface is very much like that, mm. and it does provide a very tangible uh, benefit once you've slapped them on, especially stuff like uh, fast reload. Yeah, like you get 1.5 times the reload speed. That is a godsend, especially in certain uh, vehicle sections. Mm. Yeah, and with any mach- light machine gun, it just takes forever to reload this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So each character has a relevant uh, nano chips available to them, don't they? So uh, Big Bo, for instance, he gets he's got up to five levels of this Geiger armor or whatever it's called that basically makes him more and more impossible to knock down. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned is that uh, the way you stay alive in this game, you can't. You know, it's the usual thing of the the screen gets more red as you get more hurt and you go down. Some of the bosses can pretty much take you down in one hit, punch, slap, missile, whatever. Um, and then you either can either administer yourself with a first aid kit, of which by default you can carry three, but you can expand that with your uh, nano points. Um, and I'd just like to say that this is a really good system because the amount of times that I went down in Gears of War yeah. and nobody bothered to come over to pick me up, Christ almighty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it works in this, and the characters will actually ask you as soon as you're down, do you need, do you need help? Although there are certain boss areas where there are many, many first aid packs lying around, you can only pick up to the maximum of your slots. You can't encourage the others mm. to pick up more first aid kits when they have empty slots, which is slightly annoying because it means you have to spend a thousand credits per per one. But um, but it, generally, it's a system that works quite well. I'm pretty sure that their their um, medkit slots refill every chapter as well. Do they? Okay, right. That I believe that's true. Yeah. Right, that helps then. Do you earn trust by helping people back up? I don't... Yep. Yeah, you do. Do you? They get okay. the little up arrows right above them, right okay. as they stand up. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So the combination of, of those three things, the the upgrading, the, the, the trust and the the combat feeling good is, is kind of the whole big thing about why this game is, yeah. is fun. And and I also think the fact that the the combat takes place on a f- <laughs> I don't know, it seems a bit disingenuous saying a wide variety of, of areas, but they manage to mix for what is always a cover based shooter, they do manage to create a certain amount of variety with different arena shapes and sizes and uh, verticality and things like that. Yeah, I mean, like, and aesthetics, I mean, even though you are in, like, the one city going through, like, going through from the slums to the upper class stuff, there's a fairly big change in the environment. Via the sewers. And Yeah, of course. It's, uh, how else would you get up there? Yeah. It doesn't quite uh, make sense, does it, when you think about it? But... Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a lift in the sewers. This is uh, New Tokyo, like, yeah, I suppose, eight years yeah. in the future, you know? Yeah. Jet ski, lift, cafe. <laughs> Normal. Uh, now, the voice commands. Uh, so we've talked about issuing these commands via buttons like any sensible gamer would. But there is another option. Uh, Nagoshi says in his interview with 20, VG247, I've really always really wanted to create a game which uses all the possible combinations of these different senses. This is one way, one answer to that idea. Not only can you talk with your friends in multiplayer, you can't. There's no one there. Uh, <laughs> but you can also talk and have interactions with computer-controlled AIs. You can't. You can say one fucking phrase. <laughs> After yeah. people... Hang on. Let, let, let Nagoshi finish. <laughs> After people see and play this game, our hope is that people will recognize how fun voice control can be <laughs> and will start to think that having voice recognition and using using it wisely can set a new bar for standards oh, in games. No. Now, I can't be negative about this feature because, well, I can be negative about the fact that I never wanted to even attempt using it, so I didn't, so I can't say how shit it is. Negoshi, let me tell you this. If someone comes up to me and says, do you understand? And I say, yes. He shouldn't react as though I've just said no. Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone was going to not have a hope of getting this to work, it it would be you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. It's once you go down that path, there's no confirmation as to whether you really want to insult someone <laughs> accidentally. Usually they just get pissy the moment that you accidentally say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. even though you've said the right thing. It's also, just the choice of words is weird sometimes. Like, they'll say, like, oh, what do you think about this, you know, what are you going to do after this, Dan? You're going to go check out some chicks? And you say, like, there, there's, like, yes, no, or I don't know. <laughs> and if you pick I don't know, then <laughs> they react one way or the other. But it just seems... He's talking about meaningful character interactions, but you just say one or two words. The other thing is, like, um, there's a good example of Faye, which is really weird. If you do particularly well in the combat section, she'll come and seek you out at the end and be like, whoa, Dan, that was amazing, mm. you know? Like, um, keep impressing me, Survivor. Mm. And you've got something along the lines of, will do, <laughs> I can't do this. Um, love you. Love you, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And the fourth option, which is completely out of place, is just the single use of the word fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I ignored that about ten times. I just the packet just out like, uh, I just wonder what the hell was going on. So, um, one bit that did amuse me, uh, this was uh, not through voice control, um, but uh, a, a, a conversational option anyway. And to be honest, these do become extremely annoying on repeated playthroughs. Uh, the slow, the 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 bits where everything slows down, and you have to have these interactions with people if you want to build up the trust meter in, in your 
your next playthrough. Um, I've had this conversation. Don't make me have it again. Uh, you can skip the cutscenes though, which is good. Um, there's a bit where you uh, are looking to an underground, in, uh, find an underground informant, and you are led there by this spunky young uh, Japanese chick, and uh, she decides. Uh, she says something like, "Oh, you know, you're kind of cute. You could be my boyfriend if you wanted." Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> if you, if you, as Dan Marshall, the I don't know how old he's supposed to be, 30, I guess early thirties <laughs> or something, says, um, "Sure, why not?" The whole crew go like, "What are you fucking? She's she's fifteen. You fucking." Yeah. Which I avoided the first time because I'd heard beforehand that uh, you basically say, "No, everyone hates you." Ah, oh, okay. Uh, I said, "Yeah, sure," because I, I didn't know she was fifteen. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, in every game sure, like this, it sure. seems like the right choice, you know, like trying to be friendly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bit too friendly given the circumstances, but... <laughs> yeah, there's a few bits like that, but um, yeah. it's, you know, credit for trying something, but uh, it's the sort of thing that, I, I, while the, the the trust stuff is in itself is, is quite rewarding in gameplay, uh, the, those, those sections where... Uh, there are these non-combat sections every. I think it's one for, one per chapter. They're, they're they're pretty annoying on repeated playthroughs. Uh, let's talk about those characters because um, a fairly big deal's been made about them. Nagoshi, before the game came out, said to VG twenty four seven. I like to give credit. A big point of problem and frustration with this kind of game was that non-playable characters. They're traditionally what was the technical term? Rubbish. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to avoid that. You can't really feel related to characters that are useless, so we wanted to make them more usable. We wanted them to act with their own will so the players can easily relate to them and want to interact with them even more. Uh, so, I've already said, I'm, you know, Dan's kind of... He's a cliche. He's he's just a bit stupid. He's not wildly offensive. He does, he does uh, show some balls later in the game and stuff uh roy sean you liked him i found him very annoying he says eight far far too much <laughs> yeah that's a little much I, I thought he was endearing for most part until the end you know where they kind of they kind of shit on his character a little bit but i, I don't know <laughs> i just i thought it was a lot of fun i thought that, that was the one thing that i liked about like pretty much yeah. all the characters is that outside of like uncharted most third person for me, in my opinion, most third-person games, the whole cast sucks in like any kind of Gears, Vanquish, whatever. It's, I, think, yeah. I think you're forgetting about the excellent characterization in Vanquish. <laughs> These... Robert Bonds and your main guy Sam Gideon. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, if yeah. we are if we are ranking things, I will. Uh, even though I I don't think I am as big a fan of of these this cast of characters as others are, I will put it above both Vanquish and Gears of War. Because, but that's you know that's like saying that cat shit is less offensive than dog shit. I guess I, I don't I, I thought they were pretty funny like all around. So. Yeah, that I think it's a good cast personally. You know, we'll go through them like we were doing. Just yeah, there's some, there's. Some... I've got to say, I mean, even though you just said you didn't like Don Marshall one bit. I liked the way that he had like this really easy kind of comrade stuff going on mm. with his team, you know. Like he did, he wasn't like abnormally intelligent. Like as you said, he's like a bit thick and subtle. He's a bit stupid. Yeah. But I, I hate cunts that are just too witty for their own good mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. With mm -hmm. a perfect response, you know. This guy, I mean, he got angry and then like his brain seizes up. <laughs> you know, there are se sequences where like. He just gets so frustrated that his brain practically just starts coagulating and just shuts down, you know? <laughs> and, like, I, I can relate to that, you know? I like the guy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's Faye, who there's a, a big twist about. My least favourite character in the game, incidentally. Okay. Really? Uh, she is just... The problem is, like, too many other characters in it 
are using her as like the camera goes around her backside. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Every everyone's like, oh look at that fade, and mm-hmm. I like try and get in with her, mm-hmm. and she just seemed so dull in comparison. <laughs> and the big the big twist is, and this is kind of rinse, so we will spoil it. And I warned you earlier is that she is half hollow child. She is half a robot. Um, this what. This this twist is massively telegraphed for about an, about two hours before it's finally and unshockingly revealed. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I did. I found her mostly inoffensive. Um, That's the problem. She was just, she was in a, well, she was inoffensive on her own. She was a bit boring, but just the way that everyone seemed to deify her a bit, yeah. you know. She she makes just, no real impression. Yeah, she, everybody just seemed to think she was better than everyone yeah, else, right. and you were supposed to kind of agree. I you know? suppose she's kind of bland for a plot-crucial character. Uh, I should also credit the voice cast, as we like to do. So Travis Willingham plays uh, Marshall. I, I'm not, he's not somebody who's come up before. Neither is Alem Baram Sap, who plays Big Bo. Laura Bailey plays Faye. Now, the first voice actor I'm afraid I have yeah. a big issue with is Troy Baker, uh, huh. Very, very good voice actor. Normally, yes, don't get American people to do <laughs> English accents. Yeah. It's yeah. painful. Well, coming from Northern England as I do, I thought he did a great job. It's so bad. Yeah, I thought it was alright. <laughs> I, I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, as I, as I, as the, the only was... English speaker here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you have jurisdiction. I'm going to tell you that Charles' accent <laughs> I've is. I've your voice a lot. Charles' you know? accent <laughs> is is agonizingly poor. He doesn't. It, not every sentence is bad, but there are certain words in there where it's like nails down a blackboard. It's, it's the problem is horrendous. Like, I think it, I think he did a great job for most of it, but it's like there are standout stuff. Like um, we do not say Dan as Dan, for instance. <laughs> it, it appears they've noticed this. You know, it like says appears instead of appears. Yeah, there's uh, there's a sewage. Um, you know, it's it. He doesn't know. It's it's that classic thing where, and and I and I hear this when English people do American accents as well. You know, like David Morrissey, great actor. Why is he playing an American part in The Walking Dead, Dead season three? What just use an American actor? It's it's. I just don't understand it. Well, think about Highlander. They got a Frenchman to play a Scotsman and a Scotsman to play a Spanish guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 always happened, but it it was fantastic. It's crazy. Um, and and the thing is with with the Charlie character is that. There are some lines he delivers okay, but sort of within every few phrases, there'll be one or two words that he murders, tortures, and it completely shatters the character. It's actually quite interesting because, I mean, for me, it seemed really good. And um, I think for, like, most people outside England, like England yeah, probably, I'm sure. it's fairly convincing. I mean, you, it you probably do nothing wrong, but I think that that's, like, uh, you're... You're, you're absolutely panning it here, but for most people it just sounds okay, you know? If it was the other way around, I would expect, you know, if it, if it was an English person murdering an American accent, I would hope that Sean would say sure. it's it's yeah. it's shockingly yeah. poor. Ra- yeah. uh, Rachel Townsend, who's played by... Uh, One of my favourite couples in the game. Nio Wallace. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a rare female character in a video game in that she's not conventionally beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, for the most part, uh, her accent is not as bad. Um, there's she's a, insanely down to earth. She's the most business-like member of the entire. She group. feels like more like a real person than most of the other characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a female character that doesn't get powered over. Yeah, or like yeah. used as just like basically kind of stuck into the game because of her gender. You know, she's almost gender neutral apart from her appearance. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and and she's all right, and. Um, 
Yeah, there, there was one word I noticed. <laughs> There's a bit. Uh, it's where you're fighting the uh, red silverback gorilla boss. And I think it is anyway. And she keeps describing it as sturdy. The, the, the subtitle says sturdy, but uh, she says sturdy over and over again. Uh, I have no idea what that's all about. Uh, which brings us to uh, fan favorite Kane, the French robot. <laughs> People really love this this guy. Just that sentence is so ridiculous. The French robot. Like, why does he have a French English accent? It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's um, great. Yeah, that's great. Funny. I mean, you could, they could easily get an English speaker to have like a module in his dialect. And instead, he's running about sounding like Inspector Clouseau, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, I, I strongly suspect that uh, his accent, so uh, Kane, is played by John Demeter, and who also plays Major Phillips. Um, his yeah. French accent is clearly not authentic, but it, I don't think it's supposed to be. He's a no, kind sure. of... Um, why is he... Why is it that... He, he, it's not just funny because he's a French robot. His, it's his personality yeah, that's amusing. Kind of a dick. He's... He's sort of chivalrous yeah. and wordy, yeah. and he just sort of because he's a robot, he just sort of says he just sort of states things. But he's kind of old-fashioned. Yeah, he does kind of stick out. Very uh, reminded me of like a Terry Gilliam kind of character, like just. Yeah, the thing is, like a lot of other cartels are kind of like they are larger than life, but they're kind of steeped in a certain kind of stereotyped reality. Definitely, yeah. Whereas Kane just seems like he could easily be in a space opera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you no, know, he could he could be chasing spaceships, and you wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah, or a British comedy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, he he stands out. And like I was I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, why is he such a fan favorite? Because is it is there more to him than he's just a funny French robot? You know, just everything he does is awesome. It's like the way that he reacts to any situation is just cool. You know, mm. like the they've, they've they've set him up to be just this really chivalrous, larger-than-life personality, and it comes across brilliantly. Uh, I wonder if... Um, I wonder what he's like in the original Japanese version. I wonder, I wonder how it plays out. Um, I'm pretty sure that it is English voiceover in Japan as well. Okay. Another thing that makes me wonder about that is some of the Japanese characters, because the, you know, the whole game is set in Tokyo, uh, the... Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, you do get Japanese yes. dialects in... Um, they do speak in Japanese, like for the Japanese cartels. Yeah. So I'm assuming they kept that too far in Japan, so that American and English ones would speak, you know, English. Well, what's weird is there's there's scenes between uh, the police inspector uh, Kurosawa and his colleague, which are entirely in Japanese with no subtitles. Um, but then there are you turn the subtitles off. Yeah, there's subtitles for them. <laughs> oh, okay. If, you, if the subtitles are on, you would understand what. Oh, saying. okay, right. That's interesting. Then uh, I didn't. It didn't really. Uh, yeah, I don't think sure. I missed a lot. Yeah. Um, but there are also characters with um, what sound like sort of almost racist stereotype um, Japanese accents who are speaking in English. Like Shindo, which seems weird for it. Yeah, Shindo, um, and and just some of the some of the bystanders, which seems weird for a Japanese game, but I guess it's not offensive. Well, I mean, usually when they're doing that, they're talking to English cartels, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So since I'm assuming that your main character is uh, American, they decided to have um, the secondary characters speak in the mm. protagonist's own language. Yeah, I think it's actually it's Kurosawa in in where he starts speaking English to Marshall. He he sounds uh, like yeah. somebody taking the piss out of a Japanese guy, but maybe he's. I actually, I actually liked his accent, or at least certain lines. Like I mean, it is 
let's just say that it's stereotyped, you know, to the point where it could offend some people. But there were also, like, uh, lesser um, conversation lines that I thought were delivered really nicely. Hmm. Uh, another way in which this game reminded me in a, uh, pleasantly of Vanquish is that it has a number of enjoyable and exciting and rewarding boss fights. Uh, starting with the spider boss, which you mentioned earlier because it was in the demo. Well, I mean, personally, I think the very first boss that's kind of cool is the, like, the big one that you jump on top of. Oh, okay, the Grand Lancer, yeah. Yeah, the Grand Lancer. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm just saying I think that's the first really notable boss in the game. He chases you through quite a few of the opening stages from right near the beginning. Uh, you smash him over the head with a crate. You smash him through a door with a... Oh, I, I don't know if it's the same one, but um, you smash him through a door with a girder and then another one turns up later. Um, and <laughs> you, you, you say, shit, we're being faced with a Grand Lancer, who's basically a big bipedal dude with massive gun um and a base comes back with yeah we've just funnily enough we just had some intel on this guy shoot it in the head <laughs> <laughs> like okay so that's like every video game it's boss ever classic yeah. military intelligence though <laughs> yeah and they and, and then then they say okay anything else and they're like no nah, we'll leave the details up to you bye <laughs> uh so yeah um that's the, it's a sort of mini boss, isn't it? More yeah. than a, a main boss. Uh, the, yeah. the first big boss is the spider, uh, giant eight, eight-legged mech. Everything's a mech uh, until until the end. Uh, you shoot the armor off, armor plating off, and take its legs out one by one. Uh, or the, I think there's another. Actually, there's another way. There are m- choices, aren't there? Yeah. I think. The, um, there's two ways you can kill it. Yeah. Basically, it's got drive. Drive. Um, what the hell are they called again? Drive mechanism, drive core, drive mechanisms or something. Drive yeah, core, drive core's on its leg anyway. Yeah, you can you can take out all of them, or you can go for the big one in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. And the the really cool thing about this fight is that as you're taking out the legs, you can destroy every single one around the perimeter, so that there's only like two on one side. Yeah, and it still manages to animate so that it looks believable as it's lurching around the place. Yeah, you know, like the way the way it balances, it kind of like goes almost completely upright. If there's only two legs left, that are right next to each even other. one. You can you can get it right down to one leg, because uh, yeah. there's an achievement for shooting all its legs off rather than uh, finishing off the the central core. Uh, yeah, so obviously PS3 owners may have a slightly compromised experience of this yeah. boss fight. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much any kind of sequence that is heavy on action uh, tends to stutter a little bit. But uh, next sort of major boss is the Iron Whale, which is an uh, a sort of a, a air drop ship which you have to take out its engines this I, this one is is quite cool but uh it's got some quite annoying yeah. uh, aspects you have to it's 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 your classic um keep a lock on uh going yeah it's, it's like it's like the hand fight in uh, metal your soul yes only that one doesn't have these little sort of floating enemies deliberately getting in <laughs> between you and your line of sight uh, yes, there's the Red Silverback, which, again, is a multi-section boss. Um, t- it takes the form of a big gorilla. Naturally, all these uh, <laughs> monsters, enemy robots, take the form of some kind of other creature or animal, because that's what these futuristic R&D departments always do. <laughs> My favourite boss, as mentioned earlier, um, is the Zar Runner. You're in a van, and actually you, you can get game over in this section by having the van the truck take too much damage uh but this is you'll be passed around from uh side to side in this in this uh, vehicle looking out to see this enormous uh mech and you are steaming through tokyo at the time 
uh, and it rears up on its hinds and smashes the wheel down at you and it's got arms and it's kind of gold and it's a it's a very uh, striking boss fight yeah um takes a shitload of damage as well you know mm. like i mean the one bad thing i would say about the bosses in this game is that on higher difficulties they just they soak up just a bit too much damage mm-hmm. yeah but like the thing is this fight in particular goes on for way too long on no mercy but at the same time like it is a very stunning boss fight you know there's a lot of really cool phases to it how does this run on the ps3 sean uh, the <laughs> this one's a little bit better than the uh Oh, that's surprisingly, cool. yeah, yeah, surprisingly because there is a lot of stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, mm. got, it's a little more. It's not just the big, the big guy chasing you. You've also got all these robots being like airlifted mm-hmm. in with magnets and chasing the truck. That's know? that's a cool. That's uh, a cool feature throughout the game is that enemies, get, as well as drop ships, enemies get dropped in via these little floating pods. Uh, and again, there are various ways you can either blow them up straight away, which blows the robot up, or you can wing them and hope that when they explode, they take out other stuff with them. So there's always these little micro tactics going on that that keep the gameplay fresh. Uh, you fight a giant chandelier when you get into the final sort of place. One of my least favorite bosses in the game. It's not bad. It's just that you've got to chase it way too much. Yeah, this has got a uh, sort of. Um, uh, a mini, uh, almost QTE, climbing up a tentacle segment, as I recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you blow it down, and then you've kind of got to slowly climb up it and not get electrocuted. Yeah. Uh, and then you get shaken off, right, and yeah. <laughs> you end up being swung onto a balcony above the where you were like, fighting it earlier on. Yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a little like that infamous horrible bit in the first God of War game where you climb up the, that Hades. meat tower, but... Uh, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's not that bad, no. It, it, just, it just slows it yeah. down, you know? You, you can take some damage and, and still continue to climb, unlike uh, <laughs> oh, unlike God. God of War. Now, um, towards the end of the story, uh, the um, we haven't sort of gone into every last story beat, and we won't, um, but the, the Amadar Corporation, who you're basically trying to take down, decide that rather than be exposed as... Uh, contraveners of the Geneva the new G, 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 Geneva convention they will destroy themselves with nuclear weapons um so to stop this you have to shut down a signal i don't think it really again it doesn't really make it don't think about it too hard uh, on the way there there's it's a big satellite dish yeah, shoot yeah big a rocket it's a, yeah you rocket a satellite dish which cancels out any nuclear strike <laughs> and blows up the building around yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. Action movie style. Uh, That's the thing. I mean, to be honest, I'm glad that they completely forgot about logic because that is a badass sequence. Uh, what the bit where you're uh, over the crum- crumbling floor? Just everything is fucking falling oh, to bits. No. Yeah, you know? I hated that. Like the, t- the where you're running from building to building. That one where the, fall- the floor's falling out from under you. Mm. Yeah. Oh no! I thought, oh, I, f- I fucked that up so many times, especially that little QTE moment at the end where you make the jump. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I suppose that if you had to redo it a few times yeah. before you actually made it, that would it looks impressive. take the shine off it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's visually It's impressive. like the floor's rippling, you know? Yeah. It's got a really cool way of just disintegrating beneath you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, before that, there's a Cerberus boss. Yeah, with a little hidden bit to do with Roy Boateng. Yeah, so there's, mm. a, there's a, li- a little... And it's impossible on No Mercy. You can't do enough damage. No, I, I tried it on uh, this, this, the harder difficulty above normal and uh, found that extremely difficult. Uh, so Roy, Roy gets grabbed after this lengthy boss fight. You think you've taken it down, but you haven't. Roy gets grabbed. At this point, you still think Roy's a good guy, although I already thought he was a dick, so I didn't really care. Uh, but yes, you are told, you know, just k- 
carry on and go and blow up the satellite dish, but you can in fact turn around at that point and get Roy from out of the grasp of the Cerberus. But uh, the thing is, like, if you do actually save him, you get a shitload of trust. Assuming that you haven't been shooting him in the face while uh, the Cerberus is, like, like, ravening him back and forth. Yeah, you, know? you can actually um, kill him. It's very it's very hard to actually aim at the head because it's just swinging him back and forth. Yeah, it's entirely possible to actually just kill, kill, kill Roy yourself. Uh, you can do that. There's another section earlier in the game where he gets grabbed by robots when you're rising up from the sewers where it's in... That's, that, that one can be anyone. I mean, that's another thing we've actually felt to mention about the trust system, you know? Mm. The, um, the cartels come and go mm. according to the storyline beats. So if you've been levelling up someone's trust and then the guy that you were about to, like, uh, kind of proceed on to, gets taken away storyline-wise, mm -hmm. first time through, it's actually kind of a pain to try and get everyone's trust up to the maximum yeah. because you've got no way of knowing how long you've got with each cartel. Yes. So if you're concentrating on one, it could easily be the wrong guy. Mm. You know, he, like, um, the guy that you're tr concentrating on is going to stay there for, like, half the game, and the cartels that you should be concentrating on are going to be taken away for a long time. Right. And there's nothing you can do. Yes, a bit like the old uh, square RPG sort of thing where you would have a similar sort of thing. Uh, like, for instance, levelling up Eris for the entire <laughs> of disc one. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hated Eris anyway. The twist, as I say, the unshocking twist after Dan has uh, formed a sexual relationship with Faye is that it turns out that she's half robot, meaning that, according to Clause 21, the Rust crew must destroy her. Uh, dun, dun, dun. So there are, you know, the there are various philosophical questions raised in this story, the, the same ones that are always raised by the, this story uh, in whatever form it's told. Um, and there's a lot of kind of heavy-handed... Uh, uh, stuff about nationality going on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're British or Chinese or American. We're all human beings, unlike those scrapheads. Um, but then, of course, uh, later in the game, it's like, oh, but but what if if they don't if they don't know that they're a robot? Then uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't kill them after all. <laughs> what if they're pretty? It's actually a little bit more complicated than that, though, because Faye isn't just a whole child. She's half human mm. and half whole child. Yes, yes, indeed. So does she have a soul, Leon? Uh, yes, of course she does. There's no such thing as a soul. She's chemicals, though. So, you know. Um, but the other robots <laughs> think they have souls. and But those but there's no difference between chemicals and circuitry. Spoken like a good Christian, man. Uh, this episode's <laughs> getting fucking dark. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, so, uh, Amada, the man behind uh, all this uh, robot-based wrongdoing, uh, they find that he's not still alive as they thought. In fact, the human him died some time ago and he was replaced by a robot uh, who explains that the US <laughs> robot uh, man, the, the main, main robot creator, Bergen, in fact stole his work. Um, I'm not sure why that makes everything okay, that, what he was doing, but... Uh, it pans out that the the sort of the penultimate boss is um, robot, old robot Amada and Faye. And there's some pretty badass sequences during that. I thought the the choreography was quite nicely done. I don't remember too much. The cutscene where they're him and Faye are fighting. Fight, yeah, yeah, yeah that was stuff. pretty good. Yeah. Oh, is that Marshall versus Faye? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right before he fake shoots her. Hmm. Oh yeah. 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 
He fake shoots her. Uh, he says that he's going to put her down to the rest mm-hmm. of the guys, Charlie and the crew, who are still doing their rust crew job. But uh, he can't do it because he has the hots for her, yeah. basically. Uh, then the it, once you win this fight, the the U.S. Uh, forces arrive and scupper your plans to destroy this main AI unit. Uh, for they claim it as U.S. property. Uh, Bo reveals. Well, is this always the case, regardless yeah, of I think so. trust? Okay, Bo reveals that he's kind of on the side of the forces and he's been playing you all along and da da da. Uh, what's the, I can't remember what, who is it who's decided that they want to shut down the main AI that is, you know, in threatening the, the, the humanity of, of humanity. They've all, they've all pretty much come to that decision as a Ross crew. Yeah. Okay. And, but the, the US authorities, Sergeant Major Phillips or whatever his name is, is saying no. Who you can actually speak to through the voice chat at any point during the game. If you've got the headset on, you can actually say Phillips. And he'll uh, log in and talk to you. Okay. Any, anything enlightening, useful in there? No, he's an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, so I've actually, I think yeah, I wrote down Sergeant Major Arsehole. Because uh, th- th- this is the final boss. The irony is that the final boss is the man who's at, now actually defending the uh, the main AI unit. Um, he seems to, he's of the belief that uh, actually, you know, what is the difference between humankind? Maybe this is actually the next step in evolution. So, you know... Actually, it's more about appropriating it for uh, military hardware. Well, yeah, but that's his sort of... His justification is that he's kind of saying... I mean, obviously, he's a man of war, but he's kind of saying, well, yeah, but, you know, who are we to destroy this amazing thing? Um, I think he's conflicted. Uh, but it's uh, a, a slightly disappointing boss fight I thought against him in a big mech that has too many stages I like the stages um, I just think that the room could have been a bit more interesting yeah. it's just a big white area I really enjoy the fight I really like the way that uh, all the cartels are all speaking and like they're all united in this great quest to fucking kill Phillips which he wouldn't at least from the very start let's be honest because he's a dick <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know it, it, I think the, the storyline and the way it's set up is fine it's just that it's a bit of an anticlimax, given how good some of the earlier bosses were. And it all... F- I know this is action movie, video game stuff, but it all kind of flips rather quickly at the end. Uh, you know, five chapters and nine and a half hours of you doing this thing, shooting robots, and then suddenly, oh, hold on a minute. No, you're actually fighting the guy who's been commanding you the whole time. It's uh, it's a bit of a, you know... we Cliché. Yeah. It's a bit of a cliché. Yeah, I don't mean clichés, so... Yeah, it depends how averse to cliche you are, I suppose. Uh, so the endings then. Um, now, what from what I saw, uh, as Sean said, Dan has in fact spared Faye. Uh, she says, I'm going to go off and uh, set up. I think she wants to she's like set up a group for unwanted half robots or something or generally walk the earth and avoid being hunted down by rust crews uh and i thought she was the last one the last hollow child according oh, to yeah. the data that they retrieved from amada that sounds familiar it's number 108 i think yeah, yeah. so you she... see my playable cartels in Sugarden. yeah that's true yeah. is that deliberate 
odd random trivia. It could be. I mean, it's uh, based on um, Chinese lore of some sort. So. Oh, okay. There might be something there that I don't quite fully uh, remember, you know. I like it. Um, so, uh, but there's no chance of... I can't remember what, what's happened as regards to the many other hollow children who are living incognito in society. They get taken down in that log. And she... They're out, okay. They're out there. After the, the events of this game, there's a section that tells you that they've all been killed apart from Faye. Right. Okay. Um... And, and then Faye's about to get killed, and Dan Marshall comes yeah, in holding a Gatling gun. Yeah, so Dan turns up, um, decides that he wants to... He's basically rebelling from his Rust crew ways, and he's had a complete change of heart, basically motivated by sexual lust. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not through any great ethical or philo philosophical motivation, but because Faye is cute. Yeah. Uh, and the final... The, <laughs> I thought it was quite... Uh, bleakly amusing that the final line is I've got a feeling this is not, the, not end. the end and of course I've got a feeling that it definitely is because the game sold 20,000 copies or whatever uh, so what's the differences between the endings? Finish off the podcast I'm going away for a cry <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, d I don't know if it has crept to 300,000 then there's a no there's not no. much chance for a sequel is there um, so no, what's, the, what's the difference between the endings? Uh, please explain just people that die and people come back. Okay, like, Ra um, Rachel died, as I say, in mine. Oh, man. I like Rachel. But uh, basically, if you don't have maximum trust with all the members of your crew, uh, Phillips is going to attack Faye and someone is going to shove her out of the way. And that person is going to die because they're little, fleshy, brittle humans. Yeah. But if you've got max trust, Kane comes jumping through the roof and kicks a mass I he see. Takes that. Okay, right. And being a tough robot with an amazing French accent... He can survive this. Ah. This probably and helps then, cement even, you know, people who are come see, come saw on Kane at that point. That probably cemented him as a legendary character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the only difference, though. You just don't... Uh, it depends on whether Roy actually um, gives you up or not. Okay. Whether he, oh, whether okay. he turns on you. Oh. So, because you, you always end up like, like a little standoff, you know, like the dude point their guns at each other. Yep. Mm. I don't. I've never actually had less than Max Trust when I finished it, so I don't know the bad ending for him. Hmm. Uh, the good he ending dies is, um, and shoots at you. I know that he dies, but I mean, does Dan jump out the way or? Uh, I can't remember because they're, they're they're both at gunpoint anyway. But basically, if if you've got his trust, um, he just basically turns his gun and flips, and he's like, "You didn't really think I was serious, did you?" Which he was. So. Yeah, fucking dick. <laughs> uh, but yes, so there is there is uh, replay value in that respect. One thing I did want to comment on. Now, uh, as I recall with um, Vanquish, it had quite a lot of, it had a, a you know, a, a sector, a section select, and you could go back in and try and beat your grades on this. Now, Binary Domain has the same thing where you can play section by section, which is quite good for going back in and hunting collectibles and, you know, finding uh, there are other various little achievements that you can do but the problem is with the section by section stuff is if you just jump into say you know chapter four segment three or whatever um you will have absolutely no power-ups whatsoever so there's absolutely no yep. point in in doing it is silly but there is a workaround what's that basically when you're playing the game you can use the save that you're currently using mm -hmm. to go back to any previous chapter and it'll be have it logged exactly how you are at that point in the game. 
Okay, so uh, so if you load up one, it's on six two. Yeah. Um, through menu options, you can go back to four three, and you'll be exactly the same way you, that you are initially when you go uh. went into four three. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, I'm not saying that it's not awkward, and it could easily have been done better. Mm. But at least there is a way around it. Yeah, yeah. That that renders the um the menu chapter select pretty much redundant then and also you know it's got like a time for each section you know if you want to beat your own times i don't see there's any real great reason to but you're not going to do that unless you've done a run through from you know from the beginning because you're not going to have the same level of power or capability unless you do it the way darren's just said so thank you for yeah. that hint right. and tip there aren't any leaderboards either are there help. no leaderboards i yeah. think it's only for it's only for your own oh. amusement Mm. Probably online leaderboards for the most. Yeah, there are. Oh there yeah, are, yeah, but <laughs> that's the most hollow, hollow child victory there is. There's <laughs> no one there. As I say, we've had a smattering of feedback on the forum. Uh, as I say, it's it's one of these funny games where people will describe it as you know underappreciated, underplayed, whatever. But actually, in the circles in which we move, in which we exist, quite a lot of people have played it. So, the Sonic Mole says, I really enjoyed it. The story was above average for the genre. It's Asimov-inspired theme really resonating with me. I also thought the characters were on the whole decent, with Kane being the obvious standout. The setting, like the android theme, connected with me, in particular the seedier parts of the city which recall Blade Runner and the Neo-Tokyo of Akira. Mechanics-wise, it's solid, although I'm no genre expert. The multiple ways of taking down the various enemies meant that there was room to experiment and added a moderately unpredictable edge to the way levels play out. I definitely recommend this game to anyone who likes games with a sci-fi edge and a Japanese quirkiness. It's not as great as the Stellar Vanquish, but it has enough personality and ideas to set it apart from the humorless drudgery of the Gears of War games. Sonic Mo, we are going to be having words after this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, the whole... Yeah, it, it's just, it, it's like, it's two games that... Uh, they're so close to each other in so many ways. They do invite comparison. And, you know, Nagoshi worked on both. And uh, I think, you know, if you like third-person action sci-fi games, you should play them both. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it really matters which one's slightly better than the other. I think I think it's very close. I think they each they do... Are fairly, yeah, they are fairly different in their own ways. It's just they've got core concepts that yeah. invite that comparison. I think, you know, if you've, played, if you've played Vanquish and you haven't played Binary Domain, sort it out, definitely, because, you know, if you liked Vanquish, that is. Yeah. Andy Kurosaki. I rented this, but after a couple of hours I bought it. The Exa series is consistently brilliant, so I had high hopes of this. And it absolutely delivered. Just such a shame that it tanked, but then Sega threw it out with almost zero PR, and looking at it, you could easily dismiss it as another misguided Japanese attempt at a shooter. Ryan Astley says, Right up until Dishonored, Binary Domain was down for my 2012 Game of the Year. So refreshing, what Gears of War should have been developed towards instead of playing it safe. A game where the characters grew to be likable as they developed, a simple plot that allows for creative freedom when it comes to level design. Most importantly, it controlled really well. Del B2K, the ever-reliable. Binary Domain was the best of ideas placed into the most crowded of genres, attempting to bring a story and characters that had the intention of raising itself above the throng, but never quite managed to do it. I assume he means commercially there rather than uh, artistically. As I want to end on the great, let's just start with the slight misses. The much-vaunted idea of teamwork ended up being a bit of a dampener, resulting in nothing more than a regular requirement to press a direction on the D-pad and make a few decisions that mostly ineffective. The voice commands were just awful, and some of the boss battles were an exercise in attrition, if not necessarily skill. And the vehicle section... Oh dear. 
One step up, the fun. Shooting, normally so hard to get right, felt good, punchy and most importantly, brutal. The slow shredding and dismantling of robot parts was always fun and entertaining. Watching an army reduced to crawling awkwardly towards you, embedding a tremendous sense of power and force. I do not think it ever reached the heights of the genre's best. Considering this is a first-time effort for the team, it is a hell of a first stab. And then The Great, which basically boils down to the story, a neckerchief and the looks. For a set of characters that ticked every stereotype in a book, they were not our fun to be around sometimes. Helped by a smart script that told a story of genuine interest which kept me involved enough to actually care what happened. The bow buddy, the antagonistic Brit and fiery female were all great fun, but none as tremendous as the French robot. Someone that came straight into the team and kicked proverbial hard shell. The world as well was also so consistent, so colourful and ever-changing that I always wanted to explore even more, even when I was in a sewer. Why do you always end up in a sewer? One of life's great questions. <laughs> and finally, Mike Leddy, 83. From the first previews of the game, I had no doubt it would be something special, and with the exception of the first few levels, which can feel a tad sterile, it's yet another bold highlight for the year. The standout points of the game are its phenomenal cinematics, which seem like a huge evolution over those found in the Yakuza games, and the seminal enemy destruction and animation patterns, which can make even the smallest battle feel rewarding. I attempted the voice recognition with varying success, and although the AI isn't going to win awards, I feel that the developed personalities of the characters helps to mask such flaws. Fighting alongside Bo and Faye for the majority of the game made many plot twists so much more memorable. As always, I await Nagoshi's next steps with the full expectancy that I'll be blown away like a hollow child. And we also have some of your three-word reviews. Domo Jimmy, Great Frenchman, Finally. Dom's beard. Gears fans, bye. Evil wallpaper. Robots. Zoot lore. Fury AC3. Ghost in the Yakuza, which is actually kind of four words. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we actually let that one through? Mm, um, mm, yeah. <laughs> just Done. just this once, because he's, he's such a, a loyal fan. Jake Tucker says, awful voice control. Mark Itansky, bra as fuck. That's a Scottish word meaning... I love the way you said that. <laughs> bra. He said it in the New York way. Uh, doesn't, does bra mean sort of... Bra means fantastic. Oh, simply bra. What? It's a... Bra, brilliant. Oh, brilliant, okay. Ah. That's weird. I've always slightly misunderstood it in that case. Major Master, fuck yeah, robots. <laughs> that was his second attempt. His first caused some controversy. Uh, Ryan Astley... All right, that was sweet. Fantastic. And the Sonic Mole finally gears meets Asimov. Now our own summarizations, starting with Sean. I love binary domain. It's um, you can you wouldn't be blamed for looking at it the first time and not thinking it's anything special, but uh, playing through it's a whole lot of fun. Lots of great characters, really solid gameplay, and just yeah, great time all around. Brilliant. Um, I'm gonna start with the negative. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not blown away by this game, but I really enjoyed playing it. Um, it's an old story told much better elsewhere. Um, I found a lot of the characters quite annoying. I'm afraid um, there's there are some good lines in there, but there's also some poor di- dialogue and some terrible accents. Um, the game gets off to a really slow, stuttery uninspiring start. Some of the AI is idiotic and annoying. There's no campaign co-op, 
which is a real shame. Uh, some of the sort of novelty uh, variety sections aren't good. Uh, the environments are a bit dull, by and large, um, and the soundtrack is a bit mediocre. But, but crucially, the combat, which is what you spend most of the 10 hours doing, is really, really, really good fun. Um, tactical dismemberment um, on robots is enjoyable. As we've said, you can't stress how much fun it is actually shooting bits off these droids. Um, the upgrade system is cool. The trust system is a motivator and, and works. The controls are tight and snappy. There's great audio visual feedback. Uh, the variety of environments and enemies keeps things interesting. The pacing's brisk. And uh, some of those boss fights are really satisfying, um, especially on, on normal to, to slightly above normal difficulty. I imagine, as I say, I'm getting towards the latter stages of the game and as as uh, Darren said, the 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 motorcycle, the Zar warrior, whatever he's called, Zar runner, Zar runner is uh, taking an awful lot of damage, and I imagine it's it's going to get more like that to the end of the game. But it's certainly manageable, um, and it's actually I I thought initially I thought this game had zero replay value, but it turns out I was completely wrong about that because it is actually fun to go back and try different tactics, different experiments, different loadouts, and customizations. And how many games made nowadays are actually able to say that about themselves mm. yeah yeah there, there, there's there's a really solid game in there a, a really good video game that away from the you know the stuff that we often sort of try to critique games on in in kane and rinse you know plot and characters and stuff and i know a lot of people love all that side of binary domain it's not really didn't really do it for me but away from that there's just a cracking video game in there so play it it's really cheap and darren that's my game of the year quite frankly Everything Leon said, just kind of take his um, opinions on it and elevate them so that everything was fantastic. <laughs> you know, I quite like the way that you kind of wrapped everything into a neat little package. So just everything you said and just, it was a, a fucking joy to play. It felt so goddamn good. I loved the Carters. Lo the, the story was okay. Like the way it uh, kind of ramped up, but it's just, it's got this almost effortless knack of making things feel big. You know, like you're blowing one enemy to shit. Armor shredding everywhere, you know? Killing this one enemy feels fantastic. And you're not even killing them. It's a nice, safe game, you know? You could use it. Well, you couldn't really give it to kids. But it's not going to offend anyone. You know? You're not turning humans into meat. It's just... It, it's so feel-good that it's almost unbelievable. I... It was also... It came out of left field. Like, as I said, this was a rental. No hype. Um... Can I reach my ears? I didn't even know it was the Yakuza guy for a start. And it just blew me away on nearly every front. It does have flaws. Some of the bosses take too long to kill in higher difficulties. Enemy AI, uh, sorry, ally AI just runs into your line of fire and then complains about it. But taken as a whole, this game was just so goddamn good. And if you don't play it, you don't have to buy it. I'm not telling you how to spend your money. Buy it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> spend your money. <laughs> Just, just make sure that you play it. It is fantastic. Might not beat everyone's taste, but nearly everyone that I've seen online that's played it has nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, it's true. And and even those of us who even ha had some more reservations than, than you do, and, and particularly had a, a negative early experience, were won around by the end of the game by the, the sheer balls out fun of it. It's, uh, it's like it's like Robotron 2084 for the for the 2010s. Um, and yes, certainly, again, say again, if you played and enjoyed either Vanquish and or 
Gears of War games, then you owe it to yourself to play this because it is certainly one of the best third-person shooters around. And I've got four copies of the game, so maybe I'll give one away somehow. Okay, I'll leave that to you and and the forum. Yeah. Speaking of, check the check the forum after this goes up, and uh, I've got no idea how it's going to work out, but someone will win a copy of Render Domain. Okay, we'll do a com- because, we'll do a compo. I mean, how many copies does anyone really need? You only really need three. <laughs> one for each format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Yes. Well, we did a uh, courtesy of James Carter. We did a, a Hitman Absolution competition this last week, won by Wizard of Odd, and he nicely posted a picture of himself clutching his prize. So yeah, we'll do the same with Binary Domain, courtesy of Darren. Thank you very much, Darren. Spreading the love. Spreading the love. You can play along with Kane and Rince Volume 2. The list is getting shorter uh, as it comes nearer to the time that Tony, the new father, and I need to get back together. Uh, We're both in the middle of significant life changes, so you'll have to forgive us. Um, We have coming up Pac-Man Championship Edition DX and general Pac-Man chat. Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 and 2. Akami. Shenmue's 1 and 2. Probably going to upset a few people with that one, but also make some other people happy. And then in the new year, we hope to have some feature some smaller indie titles, including featuring their developers on the show, Applejacks 1 and 2, Papo and Geo, and more to be announced soon. The schedule can be found on the blog at canarince.com. We also have a slew of videos, quick rinses as we call them, both on the blog and the YouTube channel. We're on Twitter at canarince and Facebook canarince. You can email us at canarince at gmail.com and please support us on iTunes with subscriptions, reviews, ratings, all of that. We love it. And as Darren says, come by the forum. You should anyway, canerince.com slash forum. Talk about the show, the podcast, this game, that game, any other game you want, anything gaming, or something off-topic in the off-topic section. Why not? Uh, until next week, uh, when we will have the excellent Sinan cover returning to guest. He's from Joystick with a Q. Uh, it just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Darren Foreman and... Sean O'Brien and we'll see you next time.